Hey everybody, it's Sean Hamill here with another episode of the Origins Podcast. Today I have Ryan Vett on the show. Ryan, you have multiple titles, my friend. I looked at your website before the show started. You've got entrepreneur, author, speaker, obviously, uh, business owner, North Carolinian. Is that, is that what they call you guys, North Carolinians? Is I that guess. how you say that? We'll go North with Carolinians. it. Yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> um, yeah, man, thank you so much for being on. Well, thanks for having me, Sean. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and I crossed paths earlier this year uh, through a mutual friend, Miss Lois Banta, who's been on the show before. Absolutely love Lois. And you actually are the primary owner of SCN or Speakers Consultant Network, right? Isn't that how you and Lois got connected? That is correct. Yes. Yep. We got connected back in 2014, actually. So it's been a, a little bit of time. Well, I'm glad to have you on because I was curious how you not necessarily being from dental, but you got involved in SCN, which is heavily dental, kind of how all that started. But I don't want to, you know, put the cart before the horse, if you will. I want to start all the way back. So I know just in our talks, I remember you said that you grew up in Chicago. Obviously, you live in North Carolina now. Um, did you like always think you were going to be an entrepreneur? Did you always think you were going to be a speaker? Like, how did you get started just in the entrepreneurial game? I always thought I was going to be a CEO. Um, from, from a young, young kid, I remember, um, that was always my goal or to be the boss was really before I even knew the term CEO is to be the boss, which has its own, as I now have, uh, children has its own parenting, uh, woes as one of my children tends to be the boss as well. And, and so I, I feel for my parents now reflecting on that, but, uh, always wanted to lead something. And really as I impacted it and, and grew up, I, I refined what that really meant and what I didn't, didn't like being the boss of, so to speak. But, um, you know, did start with a lemonade stand and I would employ my, my neighbors. I would employ my brother, um, who I still employ today, by the way. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I would employ them to help me hustle lemonade, uh, across the neighborhood and I'd put flyers on their bikes and make them ride around screaming lemonade for sale. And that ended up evolving into a line of trading cards because I, um, really wanted to put Pokemon out of business. They had just come on the scene um, as I was in elementary school and I was like, I can run them out of business because everyone's talking about it. So let's make something everyone can talk about. And I, I successfully used all my parents, printer, paper and computer ink and all the laminating <laughs> pouches at the local target, uh, that cost me $4 a pack, um, till they ran out and multiple times, by the way. And I, I started this line of trading cards and, and that morphed. And since this is origins, I'm giving you all the, the nitty gritty details, right? But that, that morphed into, um, a newspaper by accident. Because entrepreneurs don't take no for an answer. So living in Chicago, like you mentioned, Sean, I I called the Daily Herald, which was the big newspaper, the the advertising number right on the inside there that you can call. And when they answered the phone, they said, yes, ma'am. And I was devastated. You know, I was like 10, 11, 12, some young at, at the time. And um, they said it'd be like twenty dollars to $25,000 for that full page back cover ad. And that just was not exactly my lemonade stand budget or my trading card budget sure. at the time. So I did what any entrepreneur does. I don't take no for an answer and start my own newspaper. Again, using all my parents' printer ink and paper. Um, so I kept the local Target and Office Depot definitely well um, well paid during that season. But I, I say all that half in jest, but half serious because that is where I got my origin. It was one of those newspaper for kids. And that was the brilliant name I had labeled it with, by the way. That's not just a descriptive title. That's the name. Um, so one of those newspaper for kids landed on a local uh, business's desk and they emailed my at juno.com email address, not realizing that I was a, a preteen 
behind a computer with dial-up internet. And um, the rest is history. I, I started doing graphic design for them and then a local realtor, then a local mortgage company, and then started working um, with clients that grew and grew. Ended up, um, by the time I was uh, 14, my dad and I went down to the Kane County Courthouse and registered my official legal business because I wasn't 18 and couldn't sign for anything yet. And a couple years later, I had 13 people working for me and we were serving over 200 clients in 25 different countries, specifically helping raise money for NGOs and nonprofits, philanthropic things such as building hospitals, schools, um, and, and that type, leadership academies and things uh, in developing countries. And uh, over the course of time, we helped people raise about $50 million. And that was wow. before before college. Um, and that money didn't funnel through us, but we helped do the marketing and, and the fundraising initiatives a lot of times. So it was really a um, an incredible experience. And I didn't realize um, didn't realize what I, I had at that point in time. That's amazing. Wow, that's that's incredible. You you did more by the time you were 14 than a lot of people do by the time they're 40. So that's that's outstanding. Do you have any more of the cards? Did you keep any of your Ryan Bet trading cards? I, I do. So it was called Pet Galaxy. Um, okay. And I do have a whole set of Pet Galaxy cards, including our limited edition holographic ones, by the way, that we would take those holographic gel pens and color in the lines. Um, but they were animal trading cards. And we even had games that went with them. Um, and... Yeah, we made some money off those. Not not gonna That's lie, awesome. it wasn't like a gold mine, but I, I did keep one book in my business box. If anybody in Illinois has a copy or has a set of uh, of the cards, please let let me know so that I can see if I can get them and challenge Ryan to a game. I will win. The Dachshund card <laughs> always wins. Wiener dogs. For I the have win. no doubts. Uh, Wiener dogs for the win. I love it. Well, that's awesome, man. So. So you basically just kind of naturally fell into marketing. It sounds like it's always been marketing in one thing, one way or another. Is that what you studied in school when you went to college was marketing? It is. I always thought I was a marketer and at heart, I, I'm definitely a marketer that's deviated a little bit um, or expanded, I should say. Um, and we can talk about that. But yeah, I went to, to Elon, um, which brag on that uh, university. It's a, a little known university. It's not that little, but uh, US News and World Report just ranked us number one in undergraduate teaching. Uh, we outranked Dartmouth, Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Stanford. So there you go. Um, but that, that's where that's a humble brag. It just just hit the news. And so I got to share that news, spread it around for my alma mater. Um, awesome. But anyway, yeah, went to uh, undergrad there and did a business administration degree uh, with a marketing degree and a professional selling degree. Um, so got, got those at Elon. So after graduation, why didn't you just keep doing what you're doing? Did you, did you get a bug to try something else or what, what happened after, after you graduated? Yeah. So a couple of things transpired. Um, I, I didn't ever let go of the original marketing business, but I wanted to go to college. Um, and I didn't want to work as hard as I was working. Um, and now looking back, it wasn't extremely hard work. Um, but you know, it's all in perspective and relative to that point in time. And so I, I started saying no to projects and I didn't know you could sell a business, huge mistake. And I, now I have a course called built to sell where I take entrepreneurs through businesses that they think are not sellable and, uh, more often than not can help them make a much larger profit than they ever thought possible. Um, all born out of my not knowing. And really any business, whether you're a speaker and consultant and it's your name that people are paying for, you can sell that. Um, and people don't realize that. Anyway, um, so kind of ran that and, and it took me almost five years to sunset that business. But in undergrad, I got the dorm room bug. Quite literally, me and a buddy of mine created this dorm room app and it was an enterprise software 
and uh, it, we sold it to colleges and universities. Um, I risked all the money I'd saved for my wife's engagement ring on uh, heading to Las Vegas, not to gamble, uh, but it was a big gamble. Um, I gambled $1 for the record. People ask if I gamble and I really don't. So it was $1 and I came back with 10 cents. So if that tells you anything about it. I risked all the money I'd saved for my wife's engagement ring to buy this big 10 by 10 backdrop, rent this booth at this trade show. Never been to a trade show before, never been on an exhibit floor, didn't know anything about venture capital, but we had this epic piece of software. And we started selling it there. And these were like not 100 bucks or 200 bucks. These were like ten to $30,000 contracts with universities selling it from my dorm room. And uh, that was my first uh, foray into angel investing and venture capital. Uh, we started having investors come ask us. We had M&A conversations. And I promise you, that company probably would have been the most successful had it been 10 years later. Um, not because mm-hmm. it wasn't ready, but because I wasn't ready. And I, I didn't know what mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. And um, one thing led to another. We sat at what we thought was the you know, final acquisition signing, uh, my partner and I, uh, co-founder, and it was them saying, you know what, we're no longer interested. So it totally rocked our world in a really hard mm-hmm. learning lesson. And so um, we let that company that was profitable run straight into the ground because we lost interest and had refused to take help that we should have probably taken. So, um, But that was my foray into venture capital and um, you know, angel investing. And from there, uh, I ended up uh, starting another little thing that sold before it even got off the ground, which was a a huge win, quick win. Um, Really grateful for that. And that was, again, in kind of the enterprise, not, uh, you know, sexy consumer products uh, like a a Facebook or an Uber, but stuff that companies would use to to make their lives easier. Then after that uh, exit, I had the opportunity to go to a startup, which is how I, I fell into dental. I knew the CEO or the about to be CEO of the startup. It hadn't started yet. Um, and uh, he said, hey, you know, I've seen what you've done with some of this enterprise marketing, which isn't attractive, right? Trying to create a complex thing and make it simple isn't always easy. And we have this medical device and it's ridiculously complex. No one's heard of the process or anything behind it. Um, we want to hire you as one of our founding executives to make this thing attractive to anybody and understandable. So it was a, a big challenge, um, big undertaking. It was the first venture back company I was a part of and uh, ended up taking that role as kind of their founding team and grew that and brought awesome. to market. Yeah, and the, the market we first brought it into was dental. And that's just kind of where you decided to, to stay and hang out. Uh, is that where you, is that how you met Lois and, and that whole crew is, was just being in the dental world? Yeah, so I we launched into dental, and um, we were a partner with Speaking Consulting Network our very first year out of the gate. We went to SCN, and it was the single best investment we had ever made. It was because of that um, organization and partnering with them throughout the year that we amplified our message literally overnight and kind of went from zero to a million dollars in revenue radically uh, in a very alarmingly quick rate for a um, medical device, right? Medical device and pharma product. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, that's how I found out about SCN. I'd been a part of National Speakers Association. So a little gap in, in this story that I um, didn't mention because of the earlier success and having the marketing company, I, I did a lot of speaking, small scale speaking every once in a while, a little bit bigger, whether it was to colleges or to high schools, um, to DECA chapters, to um, FBLA chapters, whatever it was. Um, a lot of local real estate chapters, don't know why, mm-hmm. um, but happened to get into that circuit early on in like 2007, 2008, joined National Speakers Association. So I'd always been speaking all throughout that that journey, if you will. 
you can't tell with my long answers. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so anyway, that uh, SCN like hit home. I was like, these are my people, but they're in a specific industry. I was with that startup for several years and then ended up going uh, to a sister company that needed some help with my skill set. And um, some of the board was had a similar makeup. So they moved me from one company to another. Um, and that wasn't in dental at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent several years outside of dental, launched my own startup, which had an arm uh, in dental and some arms outside of dental, ended up selling that one in 2020. And obviously, that's a very abridged version of almost a decade there. Um, sure. But I, uh, yeah, so that one in 2020 kind of sat back and took inventory of what uh, the past, you know, 10 years of or 15 years of professional work had looked like for me and what I loved and what I didn't. Um, And as my wife and I were talking, it was really focusing on, um, you know, the things that brought most joy. Speaking and coaching uh, were among those. And around that same time, um, by the way, important side note, my wife is a dentist. Um, That just so happened to to be yeah, intertwined in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nothing to do with me going to that uh, company that focused on dental, but uh, part of the reason why I, I fell in love with that. Um, so anyway, that so she and I were talking and, you know, kind of took it easy at the beginning of 2021. Um, obviously, 2020 was a crazy year for, for everybody for mm-hmm. different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a couple coffee shops and wine bars. Um, and so those were uh, extremely bumpy during 2020 um, and into 2021 and um, you know wanted to focus on those focus really on people uh, which was one of my core passions from the beginning and then I, Lois asked me to keynote at their 25th anniversary um, and I was the closing keynote for SCN's 2020 uh, or 25th anniversary in 2021 and that kind of got me reinvolved in SCN. I was already uh, reconnected to speaking um, to NSA, National Speakers Association, but that keynote was like, okay, I love these people. I love this industry. Let, let's see what's going on. And literally within a couple months, I was leaving their monthly masterminds. And a couple months after that, it was uh, around Thanksgiving time uh, that I was out in Kansas City, so not too far from you, um, at yeah. Gray Valley, Missouri, and uh, sitting with Lois and Rick and orchestrating uh, what would become a deal. It was the week of Thanksgiving in 2021. And uh, by January 6, 2022, I remember that date for a lot of reasons, um, we, we signed the paperwork and the deal was done. Um, and it was a, a historic day. Um, <laughs> yes, pun intended. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was our, um, but yeah, that was our kind of journey to SCN into that particular moment. Well, and it's, you know, obviously being a new, a new SCN member, I'm in my third, third month, I think fourth month, um, heard of it, obviously Lois, I know Lois, we live 15 minutes apart. Um, it is really impressive. The, the pedigree of the people that are in the group, um, it definitely lives up to its name in terms of just the quality that's in there. Uh, the thought leadership that's in there, the conversations that are happening. Anybody listening that that wants to speak or has a desire to speak, or even if you're kind of forced to be a speaker, which a lot of people in dental are, uh, highly recommend SEN, um, not getting paid or anything like that to endorse SEN just as someone who's a member. uh, I definitely has exceeded my expectations just in terms of what the membership is. Because a lot of the 
I shouldn't say a lot, but I've been a part of things where you pay for the membership and that's, it, it looks cool right on your profile, but there's not a lot of right. substance in being a member. The masterminds, the, you know, the evening sitting on Zoom, just kind of hanging out with everybody um, has been a ton of fun so far. So uh, okay. cannot endorse or recommend SEN enough. And it's, it's really cool well, what you, you guys are building and continue to build. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, of course. Of course. You know, I'm a fan. Um, so how, so, so what are you up to now? I know you've got the marketing agency to a degree still you're into video. Um, you've got, is it Oak house? Is that the name of your wine bar? Okay. It's one of them. Yep. Okay. So you've got that going. I mean, how do you do it all? I think that's a question I get asked or I realize a lot is time management for busy entrepreneurs, dentists that own multiple practices, dentists that have multiple interests. Uh, take us on kind of a typical day and maybe if you have any insights or things on how to effectively lead or manage multiple companies, um, anything you can share in that, that vein would be awesome. Yeah. I, I think for me, everyone's like, everything you do is so different. You own a candle company, you own a couple of wine bars, you own a retail shop, you, you know, speak and consult in dentistry and then in other industries too. And, um, they start looking at it. They're like, it doesn't make sense. And I said, it actually makes a lot of sense. And I can define it pretty simply for you. For me, when I was 17 years old, I was at a conference in Atlanta. They asked what your purpose was. And as I obviously they unpacked it over a keynote, but uh, I walked away from that meeting. My, my purpose in life is to inspire others towards a positive change. There was one company in, in that series that I, I jumped over very quickly um, that I I didn't do that and I didn't last very long. It was horrible. It, it was the most miserable uh, time ever. But everything else that I do is to inspire others towards a positive change. And then the second part of that is while creating experiences worth sharing. Um, every single day we're creating experiences. And most of us have met experiences, right? Where, you know, you go get coffee and you don't think much of it. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It just you got coffee. It's like going to Waffle House. You know exactly what you're getting when you go to Waffle House. And very rarely do you share that you went to Waffle House because it didn't exceed or it didn't, um, it wasn't lower than your expectations either. It was exactly what you expected. And, and so those two things kind of go through everything that I do from the coffee shops and wine bars. It makes a lot of sense. Um, the video production company that I purchased earlier this year, um, it's all about creating positive experiences for the brands and the stories that we tell. Um, and then the other part of that is we do a lot of online education and we've worked with some A-list celebrities on their online, online courses and um, they're inspiring others towards a positive change. It all connects there. SCN, we're inspiring others towards a positive change every single time they walk in, um, even if that's a clinical change, right? A better clinical process or uh, an OSHA or cybersecurity change, whatever it might be. Um, and so all of that keeps my focus pretty, um, pretty narrow on doing those things every day. And I have an impact calculator that I look at, you know, with all my businesses, how many people am I touching on a day-to-day basis, um, with interviews that I'm doing, whether it's a podcast or on TV or whatever it is, where's that going and what is that impact like? And, um, so that, that's sort of at a high level, how I, I keep focused and then how I manage it. Um, I, I like to be very lean and efficient. I, I don't run any one of my businesses. I have people far smarter than I am running each one of the businesses. So SCN's obviously Julie. I, mean, I joked about my brother, um, but my brother uh, operates our, our holding company, which owns all of our, our retail locations. Um, you know, and so I still do employ him to this day. Um, but <laughs> I actually pay him now sometimes if he's nice to me. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but it, it's all about... Um, you know, putting people in place that are far better than I am. And I just have one hour a week strategic calls with, with each of these businesses. And, you know, it, it's, it's fun. 
That's awesome. Yeah, Julie, shout out to Julie. She does a phenomenal job with the SEN crew. Man, what what books are you reading or what books do you recommend? I always like to ask people on this show, like what books made a dent? What What's your lasting impact kind of reading list? Yeah, I've got all sorts of books and I'm always reading. Um, the average CEO reads four to five books per month. Um, and I, I can't say that I keep up with that all the time, but I, I definitely try um, zooming out at some of my, the most impactful books that I, I've read in the last like five years that I'm still recommending because I think that's a good testament too. Um, one that I, I just absolutely love uh, from an entrepreneur standpoint, an origin story to, so for this podcast, don't always recommend it, is Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's story from Nike. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing is he actually wrote that. He was a journalism major and I'm sure he had some help along the way, but he, he actually wrote that book. So kudos for that. But the second part is it, it takes you on a real journey of entrepreneurship without having to, it doesn't sugarcoat it or glamorize a lot of, um, I don't know if that's a word, but it is now, um, it's recorded here today. Uh, but <laughs> it doesn't add the, the glamour and pizzazz to entrepreneurship that I think, you know, the, the Facebook story has, um, or, or some of these others. Um, and so I really appreciate that for people who are trying to look at what entrepreneurship is like in a narrative style. Um, I think that's one of the better books I've, I've read, uh, really in the last several years as it pertains to this particular, uh, podcast. Well, and I don't know, did you see the, the air movie that's on prime? I think it is about the whole, how Michael Jordan's shoe deal evolved. Just okay. it's it's insane the risk that he even took there. Like it was so. I mean, you think now athlete endorsement, but back then it was so yeah. foreign, and they were one of the first. Uh, and then just seeing the hoops that they went through, even to get Michael Jordan. Um, oh yeah, risk is a big part of entrepreneurship for sure. Huge. The, uh, you know, using your wife's engagement ring fund to go to Vegas. Everybody takes risks at some point. So yeah. Uh, well, everybody you heard it here. Read Shoe Dog. I've. I've listened to it on Audible sporadically. I'm more of an Audible guy nowadays. But, Me too. Um, yeah, like sitting down to actually get to read doesn't happen too much anymore. But, um, yeah, that that definitely is a fantastic book. There's also a new book out um, that's all about the origin story of In-N-Out Burger, which I heard is like oh, neat. Like crazy. I'll have to pick that one up. Yeah, I think it just came out like on the 17th okay. or something. But rave okay. reviews. I was going to say the other big book um, for those who don't normally read narrative stuff which is me, I don't always read narrative stuff, is The Psychology of Money. Um, you know, so many people that I work with, and I've changed, I, I have an application process now before I take coaching clients on, um, and I actually have other coaches that do a lot of the coaching for me. Um, but one of the things that I, I try to suss out is, are you just trying to make more money? And the reality is, all of us can answer yes. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if, if you're broke or set for life, we, we all want more money. But the question is, what's the motivation behind that? Well, there's a great book called The Psychology of Money. Um, it's not a new book. It's not super old, but that one is just fantastic because it really breaks down why we do what we do and some of the motivating factors behind money. And so anyone that's trying to grow as an entrepreneur um, you know, and, and just trying to make more money, I can guarantee that if your focus is on um, making more money, you're not probably going to be that successful because you're going to make a lot of sacrifices and leave a wake of um, bad decisions in or in uh, your trail but um, or leave a trail of bad decisions in your wake but I think if you focus on you know why your per- what your purpose is and why you set out to do it I think you'll be a lot more successful so psychology of money is another one that's really good yeah that I th- it's Morgan Housel I think it's his name is that yep, his name the guy exactly. that wrote it okay yeah yeah I've I've uh... I've flipped through that book. I haven't actually read it. It is on my shelf though. So I get, I'm 50%, 50% there, man. Um, and I was going to say, so 
so how do people work with you in a consulting? I, I mean, you don't have to be a dentist, it sounds like, but it seems like dentists and entrepreneurs a lot of times have, I mean, they're one and the same for the most part. So the, the problems are similar. And it sounds like a lot of what you've developed in terms of resources and topics you cover in consulting and things are just things you've learned, you know, writing things out or going through things or, you know, missing opportunities and stuff, which is always good to hear people that are kind of, you know, coaching from the gut, if you will, in terms of stuff that they've done. But how does a dentist take advantage of what you do? How do they get involved? How do they, how can they find you? I know you've got ryanvet.com, but how can they uh, start learning more about what you offer? Yeah, I would say definitely check out RyanVet.com. Um, I'm pretty easy to get in contact there on social media. Um, starting in 2024, I'm actually opening my my coaching program up. I've been training coaches for the last half of this year. Um, and so I will open that to more, more people um, and not be quite as selective, but you still have to hit some minimum thresholds. Um, I don't do coaching today in dentistry, um, believe it or not. Now, there are some dental business owners, but as far as dental consulting, um, very little. Most of mine is entrepreneurs, um, you know, business owners, executives, senior leaders. Um, and it's really talking about how do you build for me? I've got, it's, it's a three part program. Um, the first one's built to thrive. How do you build a life that's thriving? Um, and it goes into the things that I had to learn the hard way, but really once I sat back and looked at it, had I figured some of these things out earlier about personally, why I do what I do, I I would have, I can tell you decisions I made that I would now make differently that would have changed course. Um, the second one's built to scale. How do you work smarter, not harder? Um, simple version of that. And I think that's the question that everyone wants to ask. How, how can I say, you know, I I don't want to have to do this thing anymore. And, uh, looking at the opportunity cost there. And the, the final one, um, is built to sell and how do I take what I have and, and sell that? Um, whether that is, you know, whether you're an executive out of Fortune 500 and you're not selling that company, but you're selling maybe your skills or maybe you are a small business owner and you're trying to, to sell that company and get an acquisition or an exit. So those are the kind of the three main programs that I work people uh, through. And we have a, a fun time and the aha moments that come out of it are really transformative. And it's, it's fun to, to be a part and watch people's stories uh, just really change and transform their lives and their families' lives. That is awesome, man. And and real quick before we uh, before we sign off, tell us about the SCN annual event that's coming up in 2024, um, how people can get registered, what's going to happen, all that good stuff. Yeah. So Speaking Consulting Network has uh, 13 events a year, only one. Only one is available to the general public. Um, and we do that on purpose because our organization is about enriching and equipping uh, thought leaders. And so we, we want to have the best thought leaders in our organization. We have a high barrier to entry. Um, and we also invest heavily in making sure our people are equipped well. But one time a year, we all get together. We allow anyone to come out, whether they're checking it out, whether they're someone that's seen these speakers on you know these national stages or read their work in these national magazines and want to come be with them. So in 2024, in June, um, oh, now you're quizzing me. I think it's the fourth through sixth. Give or take two days on I, either end of that. I think I think that's right. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's, that's it's right. It's generally correct. Um, that first weekend in June, or so I'll it's Google in Austin, it Texas. Perfect, Austin, Texas, and we have um, some great speakers. It's all about the building blocks of your business. So whether you're a speaker and consultant, or you're a dentist, or a practice owner, or you own a business in dentistry, great opportunity to come. Um, we've got uh, Gary Nosner, the guy who. Um, one of the chief hostage negotiators in the FBI in the early stages of the hostage negotiation unit. Um, but he negotiated Ruby Ridge and Waco 
And so we're 70 miles away from where, where Waco happened he's, in 93. He's got, he's got some stories, folks. He does. He, he he's does. Got some stories. So I can't wait to, to hear him um, personally, as well as uh, quite a few other people. Amit Kumar from University of Texas on uh, the science of happiness and uh, delighting customers and Abhi Golar on the seven pillars you need of uh, revenue for growing your business. Oh, we've got some really, really cool people coming. So check it out. Yeah, the event is and I, I cheated. I Googled it. So it's June 6th to the 8th. Uh, if you close. go to speaking. Yeah, very close. If you go to speakingconsultingnetwork.com backslash summit dash 2024 dash Austin, you'll see the registration 225 day countdown. Uh, and then you see Gary's picture, which Gary looks very no nonsense. So I'm going to I'm hoping hoping hopefully we'll catch him in the hotel lobby and get him to tell us some stories after. After yeah, trying to negotiating his contract. That was a fun one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine, dude. Oh, my gosh. Well, man, Ryan, thank you so much for being on. I always enjoy talking to you. The Hearing your origin story is crazy. Uh, I didn't know that you'd gone through half of that stuff, man. But glad you made it. Glad you're in dental. Glad our paths crossed, obviously. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you again for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, Sean. All right, buddy. Take care. You too. <laughs>